listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty. It's always better doing these uh, the Monday after an Auburn football win. They got their second one of the season. It was ugly. A lot of Auburn fans upset. I get it, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. Also, we got some basketball news. Auburn landed the commitment of Jabari Smith Jr., the highest rated commit in program history. We will jump into all of that information and reaction and analysis in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. You can use promo code 10OFF10OFF for $10 off at Niffers, Royal Donor, and Takoyaki Asian Fusion. Also, their Beat Bama campaign, their food drive, is starting to get traction. I ordered uh, from Fetch Me this weekend, and uh, I added... I added a few dollars to my order uh, to donate to the Beat Bama Food Drive. Highly recommend that you do so as well. Interestingly enough, I ordered Niffers. Um, I wish I would have waited two days. <laughs> um, so, yeah, be sure to head over to FetchMeDelivery.com or download the Fetch Me Delivery app. The app is brand new. It is awesome. It is fantastic. And you also can use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, for your first delivery free. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas, how was your weekend? It was great. I had a, a great weekend. Both my teams won again, so uh, I don't know what more you can ask for than that. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Yeah, your brownie's looking good, for sure. Yeah, obviously Auburn won 30-28, to 28, kind of dramatic, controversial fashion. It, it, it really is amazing that every time it's like, okay, Auburn can't win in a weirder way, then, uh, the, then Bo Nix decides to do a spike backwards, and just very odd. Very odd altogether. Yeah, it was super weird. It, it was really, really weird. Um, I was a little confused because people on Twitter after the game were saying that, like, Arkansas got screwed out of a win. Right. But the part that I was confused about was, like, after they blow the play dead, when they go to review it, if there's not a recovery before the whistle, they can't give the ball to Arkansas, right? Also, I think Shedrick Jackson is going to land on it, but he heard the whistle and he stopped running. And yeah. that, that hasn't been mentioned by anyone. It's all been like Auburn got away with one. Arkansas shouldn't recognize this as a loss. And I'm like, I'm not buying that know. at all. They lost, so. They did lose. And I, 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 know it's very, I know it's the cool thing, Pap. It's definitely the cool thing to be like, yeah, we won, but we shouldn't have won. Like that's the cool thing to do, especially from like a media standpoint. But I'm just not buying that. This assumption that Shedrick Jackson would not land on the football, uh, Anders Carlson still could have possibly made that kick. I, I'm just, I am not buying the fact that Auburn was gifted a win here. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, Zach. Um, you know, they move him back a couple yards, and Anders Carlson is still a very good kicker. Yeah, uh, I mean, you're right, and, and it's not like the kick he made, uh, the the one he actually did make, the one to win, was super far, mm -hmm. right? I, I mean, it was a pretty normally length, normal length kick. 
I guess. I don't really know how to say that, but it was. Well, I mean, at the end of the first half, when he made a 47-yarder in the in the pouring rain and it was windy, I mean, I, I, I just, I think it's a weird flex that a lot of Auburn fans are doing. Um, they did it all day yesterday. They're doing it all Monday morning as well. It's just, it's a weird flex to say, hey, my team won, but they shouldn't have. That is a very, very odd thing to do, and I don't like that Auburn fans are doing it. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, um, it was ugly. It was a very, very ugly win. And, and let's talk about the defense first, because I don't think the offense was as bad as people are making it out to be. Let's start with the defense, if that's okay with you, Michael Pappas. Um, obviously, K.J. Britt being out is a big deal. They are very injured. They are very, very injured. Jordan Peters, who's kind of been this role player, you know, the the, the backup of several positions, it seems like, blocks a punt, which is, which is spectacular, but then it, it looks like it got shaken up a little bit. Uh, sometime after that, we didn't really see him again. Daquan Newkirk kind of limping around towards the end of the game. Um, I mean, this is a very injured team. Uh, Jalen Simpson was dressed. He was kind of dressed out for an emergency situation. I don't believe he played. So, I mean, you're seeing key injuries at every level of the defense, and it's showing. It's showing Felipe Franks had a field day on Saturday. Yeah, that stuff definitely matters, right? Um. They have, uh, they're, they're, I don't know, I don't don't think banged up really even puts it mildly. Um, They're dealing with uh, quite a few injuries, to say the least. And, yeah, it showed, but I actually thought the defense played rather well. I mean, I know they had a, a pretty bad stretch there during the second half, um, but that was when the offense wasn't playing well. And like any, defense if if they get tired which you know yeah this defense has a lot of depth but when you take away the whole first team you kind of lose that depth yeah I also think they were expecting big cat Bryant to be a difference maker on the defensive front and he still could be he just when we've seen him even when we've seen him like you can tell that he is injured like you don't need to be on the field with the, the amount he was hobbling against Georgia. And so I really think they expected him to kind of have like a Jeff Holland type impact. At least I did. And when you have a guy that can rush the passer and create chaos and pandemonium in the offensive backfield, it allows you to do so much more, right? I mean, we saw that with Derek and Marlon over the last few seasons. And I just, I I think they expected that to happen. I also don't think they anticipated K.J. Britt coming off the field at all, let alone not playing in a game, not playing in several games. Um, And, I don't know, it's weird. I thought Nehemiah Pritchett did better despite giving up more passing yardage. Um, Sherwood did not look comfortable at all on Saturday, especially in the second. Wait, 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 hold on. Okay. Hold on. Nehemiah Pritchett only gave up one reception for 13 yards. How about that? That's that's far better than I was. Uh, I thought he did. Yeah, he did. He did really well. He was he was actually Auburn's highest graded defender. How many times was he thrown at? Do you have that? Five. Whoa, really? Mm-hmm. Good for Nehemiah. I apologize for uh, for downplaying his performance. I, I definitely knew he did better. Um, that's fantastic. Did, what, yeah, what, was, what what uh, what's Sher- I, I thought he was really good. What's Sherwood's uh, PFF numbers? Sherwood graded out at a 65.9. Okay. Uh, they've got him at six tackles, one assist, two misses, four targets, three receptions for 50 yards. Okay. Yeah, that's about what I was expecting for him. And 
I don't know if he can. I, he he didn't look comfortable, and I wonder if it's a um, he's having to take on more of a leadership role in the defense now. I'm mm-hmm. not sure there. What what were Tut's numbers? Tut. He thrown uh, three targets, two receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Um, three tackles. I just never feel like he's in position. Mm-hmm. And I feel weird, you know, constantly like dissing the kid, but I just don't feel like he's ever where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, he had a tough game. Um, Roger McCreary had a tough game, which was weird. Um, yeah. McCreary was actually Auburn's highest graded tackler. That's not always good for a corner. Yeah. At, well, I mean, it's good that he's tackling well. It's True. not good when he has to tackle a lot. Yeah. Um, he only made five of them, actually. Five tackles, two stops in the run game. That's pretty good. Um, but obviously, four targets, four catches, 72 yards, and two touchdowns is not the day you want to have as a corner. No, it's not. No, it's not. And as far as linebacker goes, I, I thought, I, I think Papo took some really weird angles. Consistently just took angles that weren't good. And I don't know if if, if they were just gassed and it kind of happened over the course of the game and he thought he had more in him. Uh, I don't know what that was, but... I I wanted to see more from Owen. Um, this is his first game in that cur- in that situation where he was kind of the main guy. So I'm once again I'm going to look past some of this just because it's new and they're having to figure out how to continue on without certain guys. But mm-hmm. um, I think they're really lucky that they drew Arkansas this week and not somebody else. I think they're really really lucky and fortunate of that. Also, and we'll talk about this more when the weather when we talk about the offense, but. To say the weather didn't impact things would be incorrect. I mean, I, I think that is very clear. And so I, I'm also willing to look past a few things just due to the fact of, you know, the the weather, the field was very wet. I mean, you saw both teams kind of affected by that. So I, I'm willing to look past that as well. Yeah, I'd like to make some shout-outs here on, uh, on the defensive side before we move on, okay. Zach. All right, go ahead. It was, not, it was not all bad. Colby Wooden and Derek Hall were Ooh, incredible. You're right. Um, those two guys combined for 11 pressures. Colby Wooden had a sack, a hit, three hurries, um, four tackles, and five run stops. How is that even possible? I don't care. Colby Wooden was an absolutely incredible. Um, and, and Derek Hall had a very good game also. He had six pressures, one hit, and five hurries. So, I mean, they got they got to the quarterback – they made some things happen. Unfortunately, they had that bad stretch. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, let's switch to the offense next right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show sponsored by our good friends at Built Bar. And they actually have a campaign running through the end of today, August 12th, uh, for breast cancer awareness. Limited release of their strawberry flavor. Seriously, it is so good. 12% off your order till the end of today. They're partnered with some great organizations to help with breast cancer awareness. Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. Uh, Built will match your donation to the organizations listed above to up to $50 per order plus. Plus 100% of the proceeds from the Built Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie 
will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. That hoodie is $20. And they sent us the flyer of, um, of this bar. <laughs> it looks so good. It looks so good. So highly encourage you to go to uh, BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for, um, for 20% off. It was $10 off. Now it is it is 20% off your order. Just use promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com for 20% off. And if you order today, especially when you get the limited release of their strawberry flavor, you know you can support a great cause. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Pappas. So uh, looking at the offense, um, it drew a lot of criticism. A ton of criticism during the game and after the game. Yesterday, Sunday morning, I watched all of the offensive snaps again. And my takeaway was it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Which, you kind of talked me off the ledge of this a little bit during the game. So credit to you on that. But I think uh, I think the running game was there. I think you're starting to see Tank Bigsby come into form. And a lot of people's response to what we're about to say, because I'm assuming you're going to be in the same camp as me. And even if you're not, that's fine. But... A lot of people are going to say, well, it was against Arkansas. And my response to that is, that is who Auburn had to play on Saturday. And so, when you look at all of the we talked about the weather. We talked about, you know, just uh, this team is not formed yet. It's just not. And when you look around the conference, there's a ton of teams that aren't formed yet. In fact, the only team that looks good on both sides of the football is Georgia. And they even have their issues at some point. So, just keep that in mind as we talk about this offense. Was it great? No, absolutely not. But there were moments, there were moments where you saw a pass pattern that made sense, whether it was Seth Williams creating space or Anthony Schwartz. Uh, I think this was his best game of his career. And you, you started to see guys make plays down the field. And then with, you couple that with what Tank Bigsby was able to do. I think it's a huge win for the Tigers. And not to mention the offensive line looked leaps and bounds better. Once again, well, Zach, it was against Arkansas. Well, that's the only team that Auburn had to beat on Saturday. So, uh, Pappas, what are your thoughts on any of that? Well, I'd like to add that this is not this. This is very obviously not the same Arkansas team of, of the last few years. Was the Locked On Georgia guy right about everything? Uh, I mean, it's possible. Oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, they... They're still, I guess, only through three games, but their offense has put up the most yards against that Georgia defense. They, uh, you know, they beat Mississippi State. I, I don't think that this Arkansas team is, you know, going to win the West. Well, they can't at this point anymore. They've lost two games, but you know, uh, they're going to be in every game. I guess that's the best way to put it. They're going to be in every game. Sam Pittman has this team fighting. I mean, they may only win that one because 
you know, coaches say it a lot. You got to learn how to win, but they, yeah, they, um, this is not a terrible football team that Auburn went and played. Yeah, and I, know I agree. It's easy to, like you said, Zach, I know it's easy to be like, oh, well, it was Arkansas. It was like, well, yeah, but it, I mean, did they really look like a horrible football team in any of the three games that we've seen them play this season? No. Second half Georgia, they looked really, really bad. Second half Georgia. But Auburn looked arguably worse in first half against Georgia. So, Yeah, and we still saw, you know, in this game, like, yeah, Felipe Franks made some bad throws, right? Um, we got more of good Felipe Franks. And it's not like, again, I really didn't even think that the defense played that poorly. It was just like all of Arkansas's best plays came in that 10-minute stretch or whatever. Yeah. Like they saved them all up. That all happened at the same time. So Auburn's offense, uh, Auburn put up 30 points, which 30 points should always be enough for this Auburn team when you have Kevin Steele to beat Arkansas. But my issue with that is the you offense. Well, right. You're right. The, the, the issue, though, is you're not going to get a block punt that goes for a touchdown every week. So, like, really, you score 23 points. And 23 points is not going to be enough to beat everyone. And so I I wish they would have been able to score 30 without the help of special teams and defense there. Um, but I guess beggars cannot be choosers in this situation. Tank was a freak. His ability to stay balanced and to not go down after the first contact is crazy. 20 carries for 146 yards. But that doesn't really do it justice. I feel like he was even better than that. I mean, some of the plays that he made as far as his vision and understanding the timing and everything that's going on around him and what the defense is doing and where like just spatial recognition. He, I mean, he is special dude and his ability to like start the lunge before contact and like fall forward for an extra five yards is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. I mean, there's a ton of hyperbole going on around tank Bixby from Auburn fans right now. And even the media, but like, I don't think it actually is hyperbole. I think it's actually who he is as a dude and as a running back. And he's going to be so, so good. So good. I can't stress yeah. it enough. He averaged 7.4 yards a carry, which was second best on the team. But hey, like to, get, get this, though. Like get this. He only had one more red zone carry than you did, Michael. Wild. Get this, though, Zach. Okay. He had 97 yards after contact. That's stupid. That is dumb. The offensive line needs to be saying, like, thank you, Tank. Thank you for making our running game look comparable or competent, excuse me. Like, thank you so much, Tank Bixby. I was going to say that the offensive line played a lot better, but at this point, man. I mean, they, they did play five- better, but, like, that bar was pretty low. <laughs> yeah. He he averaged 5.1 yards after contact per attempt. He had six rushes of over 10 yards and eight rushes that went for first downs. Wow. I mean, he was great. And, you know, while we're talking about running backs, I do have to say, oh, he also broke 14 tackles. <laughs> On 20 carries? That is crazy. <laughs> On 19 carries, he broke 14 tackles. 
<laughs> He's so good. That's so many tackles. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. I mean, there was one play I did it in my uh, GIF thread on Twitter yesterday, and like there were like four in one play. It's just like, what in the world are you doing, Arkansas? Like this guy's embarrassing you. I would not be surprised if the whole rest of Auburn's team, no one else makes it to 14 by the end of the season. Yeah. Anyway, DJ Williams, I feel like we got to give him a shot. I mean, he had probably the best game of his career also. It's either that or um, LSU last year. I mean, he had, uh, what, 8 for 71 with a long of 41? Yeah, that's exactly correct. He averaged nine yards a carry, and I know it's easy to be like, oh, that's skewed by the 41. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. But he got it the 41. Is. He he literally got the 41, though, so I, it doesn't matter to me. True, but also, like, seven carries for – seven carries for, what is that, 30 yards is still over four yards a carry. Yeah, So like that's fine, yeah. I mean, and, but, but but also, like, he's being used in short yardage situation for some reason. That is how Malzahn is using him or Morris is using him. So I think that is going to skew numbers as well. When it's third and two and you're running the ball, like, you're not going to get a 10-yard gain off of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, all right. So do you have any more thoughts on the offense? Yeah. Um, just I, I would like to say that, you know, obviously, in, in football especially, you, you can't go from looking completely inept to SEC West champs in one week. Right. Right. And uh, all we can really, I, I guess, ask for is marked improvement. And I feel like we got it. I agree. Like a lot of the things that we were asking for last week, like what is going on, they improved. I agree. Like, yep. like we said, the offensive line looked way better. Mm-hmm. The defensive line looked better for five-sixths of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. we just talked about how many pressures that they got. Right. right I mean, uh, what else? Tank Bigsby got more touches and more carries. They ran the ball a heck of a lot more. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, part of that is because of the weather, which, you know, that's fine. But, you know, the, Bo had time to throw, and he made passes. Seth had a couple drops. Don't know what that was about. He was I read injured. somewhere that he's got a – he's having issues with his lower back. I'm like, dang it, of course he is. So keep an eye on that. And then Schwartz – Schwartz was great yesterday. Yeah, Albert, Schwartz had his best day. Auburn I, doesn't I mean, win yesterday if Schwartz doesn't do what he did. Yeah, that may be true. But I'd like to say that this offense, yeah, Zach, they put up 23 points. Sure. But they also drove down and won the game twice. True. True. Right? And, sh- I mean, and shout out to Anders for getting one of them. Yes. I, and <laughs> I, I I don't mean for that to be bad. I'm saying he, he won. He, he, he got it. He got it through the upright. Yeah. So good for him. I mean, I, I don't really know. Obviously, I don't want to say what more could you want. Obviously, you could want them to have put up 65 and won easily. But, you know, they improved. And we'll look for them to improve again going to South Carolina next week. Yeah. And 
you know, uh, luckily all the other teams in the SEC West also look average. And I, and I know that that's it, it's not going to be popular for me to just be like, in the SEC, all you have to do is win it every week. <laughs> you win every week, you're in the playoff. Yeah. Right? You could look like a horrible football team. I mean, look at Florida a couple years ago. They won Jim McElwain's teams mm-hmm. that could not play offense. Those are so bad. won every game in the yeah, East. you're right. You're right. And South Carolina is the next team on the schedule, and I believe that game is certainly winnable. All right, we got a new nickname, and we're going to talk about Jamari Smith Jr. in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. All right, Michael, so J.J. Pegues broke Twitter uh, with his, his wildcat run, um, and, and a lot of people are talking about you know what they want to do. I saw Fat Cat a lot. I don't really like that. One of our listeners tweeted at me and decided, how about Ham Newton? And I'm all for it. I've also seen Spam Newton. I like Ham Newton better. Um, I don't like either one. Okay, you you did yesterday. Um, I, I think Ham Newton is fine, but I don't like. I don't know. I I don't like um everyone calling him fat. I don't think he's fat. I just think he's large. Yeah, he's just a big dude. He's a certified big boy. Yeah, I think he's just big. Mm-hmm. And, and all the interviews, you know, that we saw from people um, during fall camp, I guess, when they were saying that when he came in, everyone was like, that guy's going to have to lose a little weight. And then it's like, oh, no, he's solid. Like, <laughs> he is a solid 300 pounds. He's yeah. not a chonk 300 pounds. <laughs> so, sure. yeah, I don't know. And, and he's his own guy. And, like, he had one uh, – he had, he had two carries. For twelve yards, like it's not like he's out there running the ball like crazy. And sev- he's gonna make some. He's gonna make some catches and and several blocks. Yeah, he be blocks more than anything. I want him on the field all the time. He was Auburn's highest graded passer, though. That's huge. That's huge for Ham Newton. No. All right. Let's talk is- about Auburn basketball's highest uh, commit ever. Jabari Smith Jr. made his decision Friday afternoon. The number five player in the country, Auburn beat out Georgia, Tennessee, and North Carolina. He um, is from Sandy Creek High School in Georgia. It's kind of weird. ESPN has him listed at 6'8". Rivals has him listed at 6'9". And 247 has him listed at 6'10". So he's probably one of those. But uh, you, you got to think he's going to be a stretch four in Bruce Pearl's system. And he can kind of do a little bit of everything, Michael. He's got, uh, I mean, despite him being a physical specimen... He has a lot of touch when he attacks the basket, and he looks for the, the space. He looks for, you know, the, he, he's not afraid to lay up a floater. But um, also, I think he's a really good shooter from the outside. During his junior year, he was 38% from three. And then uh, from, when he was on the U16 national team, he was 36% from three. So you got a, this perfect ideal stretch four coming in 2021 for Bruce Pearl's team. And it's, uh, I mean, he's got a chance to be a program changer. He's he's uh, he's going to be a really, really special player. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be pretty good. Someone's got to get him a cheeseburger, though. I got a feeling he'll uh, he'll fill out. I hope you are right. I hope you're right, because he looks bone thin. Bruce Braw has no issue playing those, like, tall, skinny guys, though. He has no issue doing it. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, he'll get on the floor quickly, and he'll... Uh, He'll play as much as 
um, as much as like he can. You got to right? I mean, his... he's a day one starter. You have to start yeah. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of it. Like it'll be interesting to see. Like you know, Charles Moore will still be here. And it's like if JT Thor doesn't go pro, it's like dang. Then you like got Akinbola down low. It's like oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> There's going to be so much size. Length. Yes, in 2021. So, there's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, Michael, where can people uh, where can people find you, buddy? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlackMeet, the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on LockedOnAuburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.